the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Alternative lifestyles come and go, but the Christian lifestyle? Oh, that's always around. As we'll see next, join us. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Hi, welcome to the program. You know, recently, during a Mother's Day service, we spent time in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, taking a look at the Christian lifestyle. There's a lot of encouragement here as we seek to understand the lifestyle we've been called to in Christ, one that far and away blows every other lifestyle out of the water. It's an encouraging look at our lifestyle in Christ. Won't you join us here in Romans chapter 12, our teacher and pastor now. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. He says fervent in spirit. The word fervent there, it literally means to bubble up or to bubble forth. It means to boil water and the sound that you get when water begins to boil. When you know it's ready. Well, that's what happens in our spirit when the Holy Spirit gets down on the inside of us. Amen. There's a bubbling forth. There's an energy. There's the power that begins to hit us. And when it comes to our spiritual life, God begins to awaken something within us so that we have life. It doesn't mean that you won't get tired. It doesn't mean that there's moments when you want to just tell everybody to get out your house and you want to be quiet. I understand that. But there's something about our spirit being awakened and revived that to cause us to keep going when other people want to fall and want to quit because we're fervent in spirit. Our spirit is bubbling over with God's goodness and his influence on the inside. He says, serving the Lord. Look at verse 12. He says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfast in prayer. These are lifestyle characteristics and qualities of a Christian. He's trying to communicate this to them. He says rejoicing in hope. He says patient in tribulation. I think this is important. The word patient here in the Greek, it means to remain under. It means to, de- to endure. And I like this because a person who's patient in the midst of tri- tribulation is settled within their, in their, in their spirit. There's a settling. We should never be people who panic because God's with us. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, don't panic. Come on, look at somebody else, tell them, don't panic. There's a rest that we have, an internal rest that comes of a result of us knowing the God of promise. The God who can never fail. The God who has never failed. The God who has kept us will continue to keep us and will bring us into his intended purposes for our lives if we're willing to to rest and have faith in him. But what happens is we're not patient in tribulation. I like what he said. He said patient in tribulation. 
That doesn't mean just that you're waiting, but you're waiting with the right attitude. Because some of us are waiting, but we got the wrong attitude. Can I have an amen? Man, the Lord done brought me out here. I'm here, Lord. I'm not going no way. You know I'm going to give my tithes and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to come into church. But I just can't. I don't know how long I can deal with this. Lord, I'm tired. When are you, when you going to come through, Lord? My goodness. I know I'm faithful. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, everything. I pray in tongues three times a day. I done tried everything. Lord, where you? Oh, oh Lord. And, and we're and we not just, just chill. God's got you. He didn't save you to leave you to die in the wilderness. If you stay in faith, he'll bring you into your promise. Can I have an amen in this place? This is the God that we serve. But what happens is we're, we're, we're not patient in tribulation. We don't remain under, bear under, and we allow ourselves to endure resting in God's truths and not panicking. God's got it. I'm not saying that this is easy. But I am saying that through the influence of Christ in our lives, this becomes our character. It becomes our lifestyle. We start to live this kind of way. Can I have an amen? He says here, not lagging. He says um, in verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Look at verse 13. He says, distributing to the needs of the saints. He says, given to hospitality. There are times and moments in all of our lives where we may fall on hard times or our back is against a wall. One of the things that happen, and this is one of the reasons why we teach on tithing here at the church and we do the things that we do. Because one of the things, and I don't want to get too in-depth in it, but a lot of people want to make a withdrawal, but they never want to make a deposit. A lot of people want God to bless them. A lot of people want God to give them a return, but they've never made that investment. And I think it's the same thing for the church. When a person comes to this church and say, says, I am a tithe member, faithful, tithe paying, faithful member of this church, and I'm doing X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. I've fallen on a hard time. I need some help. The church is obligated to do what the church can do to try to be a blessing and a supply in that person's need. But if a person comes to a church and they don't do, they sitting there and I don't believe in none of that. I don't do that. I don't need that. Then hard times come. Well, have you been faithful to God? Uh, what I'm saying to you all is this. You have to understand God's system and his process. And for us, we want to be faithful to God. And part of the, and this is the reason why Apostle Paul is saying this, distributing to the needs of the who? Saints. There are times when the saints have need. Our job is to respond to the needs of the saints as we have the ability to do so. But if a person isn't acting like a saint, I don't want to go too far into this. Well, I'm just saying, I, I want to say this because and, and some of you know, we, we, we bless all the people, a lot of people in this church. It's a blessing. We have a saint's relief fund here at the church because we want to be able to try to be a blessing to people when they have needs. 
But we have to stop and ask myself, am I being faithful? Am I doing my part? Am I, am I helping? Because sometimes our blessings are being withhold, withheld because we're not being faithful. Just chew on that a little bit. Amen. We have to ask ourselves. I want God, when he's thinking about blessing somebody, I want him to look at me and say, man, that guy right there, he'll be faithful. Bless him. I don't want God just to bless me in spite of me. I want him to bless me and smile about it. Can I have an amen? This is how you want. You want God to look and say, man, that person has been faithful. Whatever they knew, they have stored up righteousness by their faithfulness. And our job as a church is to participate with God and helping to be a blessing to people who have who have partnered with him to advance his kingdom. Can I have an amen? He says, distributing to the needs of the saints, given the hospitality. He says, bless those who persecute you. He says, and bless and do not curse. And I think this is a big part of the Christian life. It is so easy to want to get back at those who have done wrong to you. And one of the things that I've realized in my personal life is that evil cannot cast out evil. Only good can cast out evil. And when we're being persecuted, our job is to respond with the opposite spirit. Don't, don't begin to u- utilize and, and get, allow the, the, the same spirit that's coming at you to get on you. Operate in a different kind of spirit. And this is what pushes out darkness. Can I have an amen? This is what we got to learn to do. But this is Christian character. This is a Christian lifestyle. And there may be times when God says, hey, now stand up for yourself in this moment. There are going to be moments where the Lord may prompt you to do some things. And we see Apostle Paul, he did this. He sometimes he called, he called down blindness on one person. I mean, he, I mean, so we know that there are moments. But, but most of the time, God's going to tell you and I just to be quiet. Hold your peace. Let me fight your battle. I got you. There's going to be times we say, put your foot in the ground. Handle this situation. I want you to say something in this moment. But at the end of the day, we want to be led by the Spirit of God. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And sometimes what we do is we don't, we don't curse directly. We curse indirectly. And we have to be watchful of this. As people are going forth and, and then and say where something happens and somebody's persecuting us and then something bad happens to that person that's persecuting us. You'll know a lot about yourself by how you feel about their downfall. Mm-hmm, I knew God was going to get them. Mm-hmm, I didn't touch them. Mm-hmm, praise the Lord. I mean, not praise the Lord. Have mercy, Lord. You see? It, the thing that, that I'm learning to do, and I pray that all of us are learning to do, is, is to be indifferent about what God's doing in somebody else's life. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever happens. I mean, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Whatever. I'm continuing to do what God's asking me to do. But what happens for us, if we start getting this in our spirit, and we, we curse indirectly, and that is not good in the sight of God. Amen? We have to be very sensitive. This is Christian character. It's a Christian lifestyle. Look at verse 15. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. There are moments in our lives where we have to learn to identify with people in their particular state 
or condition. This is how we develop Christian character and we develop a Christian lifestyle. We learn to pause sometimes. And maybe you're not going through a hard time, but somebody is going through a hard time and they're weeping. Identify with them in that moment. Man, I'm sorry to hear about that. And, and, and sometimes people are rejoicing. Don't be fearful that they're going to just go too far. Rejoice with them. Praise God. He opened the door for you. Oh, my goodness. Well, what happens is a lot of times, well, don't get so lifted up. Well, I know he just broke you through and answered your prayer and, and he delivered you and liberated you and blessed you. And, and now you rolling in the new car and now you got a new job. And, and I remember when you was both busting and disgusted and now you blessing everything. And that's OK, but don't get lifted up with pride. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Can I have an amen? We got to learn to say, my goodness, is that what God did? Praise the Lord. And don't do it. Now, don't do it. Now, this is another thing I hear. And this, we hear this in Christians. Well, you know, if God did it for them, he'll do it for you. You need to shout with them because God may do it for you. Listen, just shout with them. Can I have an Amen. Don't worry about what he's going to do for you. Just shout with them right now. We shouting and we're saying, well, praise God. Yes, yes, do it for me. I'm next, I'm next, I'm next. Instead of no, let's just get wrapped up in what God has done in your life. And the same thing when people are weeping. This is a part of Christian lifestyle, saints. We learn to do this as we partner and we yield to the Holy Spirit. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Look at the verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You know, this is a big one. Because with, even in, within Christian circles, there's people in this room that are on welfare. There's people in this room that are CEOs over corporations. There's people in this room that are millionaires. There's people in this room that don't have enough money to pay their rent next month. There's people in this room. There's all kinds of, there's diverse situations and circumstances in this room. But when Jesus comes on the scene, he's not, he's not looking at the circumstances. He's looking at people. The church is not a caste system. There's no caste system in the church. There's no special seating. We have professional athletes in this room. We have people that are doing all kinds of great stuff. But there's no special seating in the place. You know, all the good people that are rich, they sit over here and we don't rope off a section. Can I have an amen? There's blacks in here and whites in here and Chinese in here. There's Hispanics in here, Filipinos in here. We got all kinds of different kind of cultures and different backgrounds. And I, you know, I don't care. We in here trying to get God. Amen. We in here trying to get Jesus. And what happens is, and, but, but this is what he's saying here is this. He says, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. This means people that maybe don't have everything and are, are struggling. Associate with them just like you'd associate with, with anybody else in the church. The person comes in and maybe they don't, maybe they just came off the street. Maybe they don't have a suit. Maybe they don't have the clothes. Maybe they don't have, you know, this and that. Maybe they're, they don't have anything. But we learned that it, who cares? Brother, you can sit next to me. Sit right here. Man, I don't know my Bible. Well, here, let me, let, me, let me share my Bible with you. 
And we learn to associate with the humble. And unfortunately, in some Christian circles, somebody comes in the church and they don't dress and they don't have, you know, their clothes are all tattered and they look bad and, and people start moving away from them. The devil is a liar. Can I have an amen? And we've got to learn that this is, the, and, and I, I thank God we don't do this in this church, but we're going to make sure we don't do this in this church. Because Jesus, he associated with, he would associate with everybody. And it's the same thing. If you only have friends that are in your pay scale, then you, we've got to stop. That's not Christian character. That's not the lifestyle that Christ is trying to forge within all of us as, as saints. We have to learn to come down. Hang out with people. Get to know people. What you doing? What's your name? Talk to them. Well, brother, I, I don't want to get dirty. I don't want to get dirty. You know, I went over there to San Francisco and the guy laid his hand on me. Had to wash my hand five times. You know, devil is a lie. You're not going to prosper. You're not going to prosper. Can I have an amen? We, we go to Peru. We go to Vietnam. We go to Cambodia. We go to these places. Flies and bugs and who cares? Let's praise the Lord. Dirt on the floor. It is what it is. Jesus is up in here. Can I have an amen? We learn to live our lives like this. And we learn that this is a part of Christian character. He says, do not be wise in your own opinion. I love this also about Apostle Paul because here's a man who is highly educated. But he knew that his opinion wasn't God. And it wasn't always God's opinion. What we have to learn to do is align ourselves with the way God thinks. And that means a lot of times God is going to show you and I that we're off and he's on. And that's okay. Never make an idol out of your opinion. That's idolatry. And what we want to do is allow the Holy Spirit to forge this in our lives. Well, we're able to allow people to speak into our lives because we realize we don't know it all. But this is Christian lifestyle. This is a Christian lifestyle. Look at verse 17 on down verse, verse 17 on down to 21. And we're going to close this out. He says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, somebody say, if it is possible, King James is, and, and I like this. He says, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. I'm going to try my best to live peaceably with a person. Doesn't mean that we're, you know, homeboys. It doesn't mean that we may kick it all the time. It doesn't mean that we're going to go out and, and, you know, go to lunch all the time. But, man, we're going to have peace. When I see you, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? But the, and, and the thing about it is he's putting this on us, Apostle Paul. He said, as much as depends upon you, if it is possible. He's saying that this is, this is something you have to resign in your heart, that I've tried my best to make this happen. He says, live peaceably with all men. And he's not just talking about with all Christian men or Christian women. He said with all men, that, that even on your job, None of us should go to our job as Christians, individuals who want to model the Christian lifestyle. And nobody likes us on the job because we mean as a snake in Jesus' name. All y'all going to hell up in here. 
God done blessed me with this job to show all y'all I'm the light. The devil's up in here. We're going to drive him out. And we go through the whole business and everybody's scared when you come in the room like, oh, we want to be light. We want to be light. But we want to be a soft light, not a blinding light. We come on the scene and people should see that, yeah, we're not going to be going having water cooler talk. We're not going to do these things. But we are going to be light. But I think it's important for all of us that that when it comes to our lifestyles and as much as it depends upon us, we're living peaceably with all men. And, and sometimes even as a pastor, you know, I get they try to put me in traps and stuff and different things like that. I had one this week. Somebody, one of the reporters tried to get me. I'm not going down that road. I mean, I think what has to happen is we realize that the enemy will try to scheme you to attack you. But if your heart is right in the sight of God, the, the end result is you're going to do the best that you can to live peaceably with all men. And I think for all of us in this room, we have to stop and ask ourselves. No, we're not going to compromise God's standard. But we're not going to be bullies on our job and bullies in our home. Can I have an amen? Even in our homes. That we're not bullies. In our homes. How many times you read your Bible? How many times you read the scripture? How many times? We've beaten everybody over the head. And the same thing. And I'm talking about for husbands and wives and the kids. Did you recite the whole chapter of the book of Romans chapter 1 today? We're telling our kids. And I'm saying, yes, we should do the best that we can to lead our kids and to do what we're supposed to do. But there should be a peace element and aspect to our leading. He leads us beside the still waters. He doesn't drag us in there. Get in here. Can I have an amen? Let's close this out. He says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, now watch this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? Good cast out evil. And I tell you, it makes this devil so mad when you don't respond in his spirit. There's going to be moments when God says, put your foot down. There's going to be moments when God says, say something when God says, be firm, when God says, defend yourself. But there's going to be times when God says, you sit back, vengeance is mine. Let me handle this. There's going to be times when God says, go ahead and let that, con- that person continue to, to do this or that. And whether you realize it or not, a person will go home and, they'll, and it'll, it'll, coals of fire will be upon their head because they're thinking, I tried to get this person mad and they didn't respond. Why? Because at the heart of it all, we're not being overcome by evil, but we're overcoming evil with what? These are just some of the the basics of Christianity, of the lifestyle that God's trying to forge within us as Christians. How many in this room can say that, man, I'm perfect in all these areas? None of us. God's working on us. But we have to allow, we got to know what God's looking for. And right here, we just saw a few things that God's looking for. Amen? 
He's looking for this in all of our lives. We can shout, we can jump, we can dance, we can run through this place. But at the heart of it all, we have to stop and say, God, what are you requiring of me? And God is saying, these are some things that I'm requiring of you. Let me work on these things in your life. Will you let me work on these things in your life? Will you let me? And my answer, I know for myself today is, yes, Lord. Forge this in me, in our church, and we want to see this kind of lifestyle continue to be forged within us. So when people say, what is a Christian? We can say, how does a Christian behave? Watch me. Apostle Paul was not afraid and never ashamed to say, follow me as I follow who? Growing in Christ to be refreshed by His grace. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we want to express our gratefulness to you for joining us here on the broadcast. We do trust you've been ministered to and encouraged in Christ. If you would like to review today's broadcast, we do have copies available on CD. Contact us for the details, won't you? You can reach us at 800-374-9204. Again, that's 800-374-9204. Or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. If you would like to know more about Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, and The Well, here in Livermore, California, stop by our website and take advantage of some of the resource materials and information about us. We can be found at thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. And while you're there, don't forget to stream our services live. Find out more at thewellchurch.net. And again, you can reach us by phone at 800-374-9204. We thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.